We thought they turned their back on our beloved Bitcoin, but the nation of India has officially lifted their ban on cryptocurrency. Cybersecurity company Kaspersky has developed a blockchain-based voting machine, but the state of Virginia has abandoned blockchain voting for paper ballots, and Justin Sun has taken over the Steam blockchain. What? The new Upland San Francisco airport parcels nearly sold out in a matter of minutes. Dirty Fiat's dirtiness may be contributing to the spread of coronavirus. And while I've got access to the new EOS voice beta, Travis does not. And he's not happy about it. Not happy. But we're happy you're here and promise that our time together will be informative and entertaining as we hop into the blockchain hot tub time machine for episode number 378 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show where it doesn't matter if you're stupid or not. We welcome everybody here. <laughs> Mr. Joe Cobb is in San Diego right now. Uh, I know some nice. Uh, I saw you did a Peepo video from uh, you in on the beach. Those yeah, people. I was uh, with Aaron, our producer, and a couple friends, and we went to Mission Beach and then walked all the way up Mission Beach to Pacific Beach. Had a little bit of food there and got our toes in the sand. It was tacos? a beautiful day. You got tacos? You got San Diego? Not... You got no tacos? Oh. Why do you have to have tacos in San Diego? You got to have tacos. You got to have tacos. Taco Taravis on Tuesday. I did that. have tacos, and it's not <laughs> Tuesday. Actually, recording this on Wednesday, though it's for a Friday release, and want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, our new sponsor, Crypto.com. You know, Crypto.com is the only single platform that allows you to buy, sell, store, trade, and pay crypto securely in one place. It's the vision to put cryptocurrency in every wallet, which will drive mass adoption. Reaching over 1 million users worldwide, Crypto.com app prides itself in user experience and financial incentives. Paired with the MCO Visa card, you can convert and spend your crypto anywhere Visa is accepted. And hey, check this out. If you download the app using the link I'm about to give you, you'll get $50 in USD, 50 bucks, if you use the special code BADCRYPTO2020. So here's the short link. You ready? Badco.in forward slash crypto 50. That'll automatically populate it for you. And when you sign up for one of the metal MCO Visa cards today, you'll get 50 bucks. Badco.in forward slash Crypto 50. And timestamp on the left coast of the United States of America. It's currently 7.48 p.m. on Wednesday, March the 4th, 2020. Loading up CoinGecko and looks like things are turning slightly green again. The market cap at $255 billion. And let's look at the top 10. Look at there. Surprise, surprise. Bitcoin. Up top, 89.27, Ethereum 2.27, XRP 23 cents, Bitcoin Cash is at 3.27, Bitcoin SV right behind at 2.36, Tether, a dollar even. Like to see that, just makes me happy when a stable coin is truly stable. Litecoin, almost 61 bucks, EOS 365, Binance Coin 20 and a half dollars, and rounding out the top 10 once again, Tezos, number 10, XTZ at 3.00 dollars and 20 cents yeah look at that five-day run-up for tezos 
almost 16% in the last seven days, which is this hasn't even necessarily been a great week. I mean, if you think about all the top projects that have been growing over the course of the last few weeks, I mean, they're not they're not huge numbers. What well, handshake? Handshake's actually up uh, 202%. Handshake is up to 37 cents now. And you can actually mine that on the coin miner. Actually can. The big loser in the top 100 for the week and number 89 is Aon, A-I-O-N, and down 13%. But really, the the week has been, you know, pretty much meh after, um, you know, the the change, the big fall back, the pullback we had due to the fears of coronavirus. But we are starting to see a bounce in some of them. And as we'll learn from the news that we're going to go into, people are still very bullish, Mr. Travis, right? Hey, I just want to let you know, Mr. Jolcom, I am, I'm officially rich now. I have 21.6 handshake. Dang, Skippy. Did you moin that on your uh, coin miner? All mined on the coin mine, yeah. Okay, I haven't looked because remember after you told me, I switched my coin mine one over to that as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on a second. You're probably, you're probably about 18 or so, 18.5 probably. It was like a day after, I think. Yeah, on the CoinMine One app, I just fired it up. I switched to Handshake a few days after you, I think, and I am at 10.6924 shaking hands. Mm, refresh it, pull it down, and then pull it back up, and then I think that number will probably grow. Well, I just logged in for the first time in a while. Yeah, but it still sometimes it does that little wonky thing I've noticed. A little wonky thing? Yep. All right. Like a Willy Wonka thing? Maybe it will. I think you should have at least 17 or 18 on yours. That is not, well, then I think we should write somebody because I have 10.6924. That's okay. what I well, got. We'll check it again later. We'll see. We'll check it again later. Uh, but the coin mine one continues to mine the coins and the Bitcoin clock continues to tick. Last time we spoke, the ETA for the halving at BitcoinClock.com was May 10th. Now it's moved back to May 9th. Estimated time of the halving is 65 days, 17 hours, 44 minutes. And you can't stop it, gang. It's coming. The block halving is coming. 65 days away. Wow. That's that's that is. It's interesting. That's not so long away. So many people have said the halving is going to be a crucial point in the price. Well, it did go back down to eight something, and now it's back up to almost nine. Is the market going to move? We shall see. Mm. Tom Wilson of Reuters writes for CNBC, and there's an article here that was just published yesterday about Bitcoin having an identity crisis. He says that Bitcoin's a currency because it can be used to buy, sell, and price goods like you would with dollars and euros, but it also behaves a lot like oil and gold and can be uh, acts like a commodity, and it can be bought and sold in cash markets or via derivatives like futures. Some cryptos are issued like stocks in various ICOs and could be considered a security. And so, you know, the question is all around how the U.S. uh, federal uh, regulators are going to end up treating Bitcoin and other cryptos. Yeah, it is. It's always well. Then also the IRS looks at it as property. The SEC kind of looks at it as a security. Is it a currency? Is it a commodity? We've always talked about sort of the uh, identity crisis that crypto, uh, specifically Bitcoin, has had. 
it does act like a lot like a commodity. Like, you know what? It's a store of wealth. I want to have it to chill. I want to, here's my crypto and I don't want to touch it for 10 years because I have a feeling in 10 years is going to be worth a whole lot more than it is right now. Right. So I don't even want to think about it. Right. But then on the other side, it sure is nice to be able to have a little bit of, of crypto, like with the, with that new crypto.com wallet. It's so pretty handy with that card just to use that as crypto and pull it out whenever it basically just send over some crypto, convert that to USD and then have that to spend on your card. It's a much smarter way than using a credit card, credit card, you get debt on. It's just, it's just, I think they've reinvented that. So I think that it does, there's an identity crisis, but I think it's, it's going to start figuring itself out because yeah, it is a commodity. Yeah, it is a currency. Now it's becoming easier to spend and easier to use. Yeah, that's all good. I don't think Bitcoin itself is sitting there going, who am I? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin just marches on and it continues to uh, bring <laughs> new Bitcoin into the market as it's being mined. And it, if there's I'm having an, an existential and- moment, I'm Bitcoin. Who am I? Who's my daddy? I don't know. I'm having daddy issues. <laughs> well, that actually, that could be a true, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Bitcoin. <laughs> That reminds me of the uh, the cartoon, the guy that we had on the show from Bitcoin and Friends, where the first episode is all about Bitcoin's hunt for his dad. Who's my dad? I don't really know. Is it, is it you? Are you my daddy? You my daddy? Nope, I'm not your daddy. Sorry. What else we got, Mr. Travis Wright? An article about Tim Draper, right? Yeah, so we have our good friend, Mr. Tim Draper, who we've talked about many times on the show. We've actually had him on the show. We, You and I have interviewed him. Also, the uh, the crypto chicks, that side, they interviewed them as well. And uh, yeah, he said that about six months ago, he got out of the stock markets because they got too frothy. And he said he significantly increased his Bitcoin and crypto holdings over the last year. And depending on what he did, knowing that you know, Bitcoin was at 20, went down to 3,200 and had a nice little sort of nice little 3X over the course of last year, almost for the most part, Mr. Joel Kahn, like at the end of the year, like $9,000. Boom, that's almost 3X. That was a heck of an investment if you got in Bitcoin this time last year. I wonder he, when he orders his coffee, he says, don't make it too frothy. You know, no. if he gets a cappuccino or something, he's he, he standing probably by. Says, he, he probably says, put one of those Bitcoin logos, on, like draw a Bitcoin <laughs> logo in the frothiness. So he says, quote, I think Bitcoin in 2022 or the beginning of 2023 will hit 250,000. And that's a big move from where it is here. I think the reason there is that Bitcoin will be the currency of choice. And he's never disclosed what percentage of his wealth is tied up in Bitcoin, but he did quantify it uh, to some degree by saying it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot. Unquote. (laughs) (laughs) Well, <laughs> Hold on, where's that quote? How much? There. A lot. That's <laughs> yeah, the exact quote. A lot. It's a lot. A lot. That's mm. hilarious. He makes a great point though. He says, <laughs> you know, people are gonna ask themselves, do I want to pay the banks two and a half to four percent every time I swipe my credit card? Or do I want a cur- currency that's frictionless? open, transparent, global, and not tied to any political force. At some point, people are going to make that switch, and Bitcoin will be the big winner. God, and- that is beautiful right mm-hmm. there. Like, if there has ever been a time to sort of, like, etch something in your memory, like what somebody has said, that that part right there is 
Do I want us? Do I want to pay the banks two point five to four percent every time I swipe my credit card? That is no, I don't want that. That's actually ridiculous. Or do I want a currency that's frictionless, open, transparent, global, and not tied to any political force? That is, I think that's why we got we did bad crypto, Mister Joe Com. Just like that whole thought process, like this is really truly changing the world in some interesting ways. Absolutely good, sir. And Mr. Tim Draper is not the only person that is bullish on Bitcoin here in our friends at Cointelegraph, who are actually bringing you this episode of Bad Crypto. Article by William Suberg says, Bitcoin hitting 135,000. This bull cycle is common sense, according to Willie Wu. This is uh, something that First was said on the Kaiser Report, Max Kaiser's show, and he sees that this next run is going to be a mamma jamma. I, I, now, I wonder, remember the, the Grinch that stole Christmas? I think it wasn't like Windy Woo, Windy Woo Who family, and they, the Grinch stole the Christmas. Uh, this is good. That Wendy this, Lou Who. Wendy Lou Who. Oh, that's right. Not, yeah. Not uh, Willie Wu. Totally different. But Willie Wu did not steal Christmas. <laughs> he would not be, you know. I, he's I trying to that, give us Christmas. He's like, yeah. boom. <laughs> he's the anti-Grinch. He's like, he's coming down the chimbley and bringing, <laughs> you know, Bitcoin for all the good and the bad little girls and boys. Bitcoin for you. Bitcoin for you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. 135,000. That's what this bull run is going to. That's a common sense prediction. That is crazy. 35 times the, commu- the, the cumulative average of the price. That's that's what's picked up every single top of the 10-year history of Bitcoin. But it's only the, that one big thing's only happened like one time. You've had some, I don't know, people get a little crazy and they get talked about in the news. You know what I mean? Like you and I need to make some outrageous claim and then like get on CNBC because we said, oh, it's Mr. Joe Kama of Bad Crypto Podcast says Bitcoin's going to hit $237,000 by April. You know, here's the thing to me. We're looking at it right now. In fact, I'm looking at Cointelegraph at the live chart for Bitcoin, 88.70.74, and thinking the way these guys are talking, you know, 150000 would be more than a 15x from where it is right now. If you, I mean, what else but like a penny stock? would you invest in that you would expect to see those kinds of returns? And and with a penny stock, it's not even necessarily legit. It runs on the hype. They're predicting that Bitcoin is going to run based on the fundamentals of the currency, based mm-hmm. on supply and demand. I mean, when have you ever heard about a, a prediction where somebody notable is so assured that it's going to go 10x you would in in any stock you would think that person insane well i mean never before in the history of humanity has there been something like bitcoin i mean it actually changes the game like currency has has, the power of currency shifted when the you know when (laughs) when satoshi nakamoto came up with his little invention or her invention and said here world check it out now we have this we have this you know, currency that's not backed by political power and it's open and you can see it and there's not, you can't scam it. And it's like, wow, here we are 10 years later. And and speaking of which, this is, this, this goes to show as well, you know, the whales are accumulating Bitcoin 
the ones who accumulated it last year, they're holding it now. So it's like all those lower prices that happened last year and all those big, they're holding them. There's not a lot of those big ones that are moving right now. So it looks as if that uh, those whales are saying, mm, they're, I don't know if they're holding they They might be knowing something we don't know. That's what they're saying. You know, for a moment there, I thought you were going to fall, slip into a tongue twister and say Natoshi Sakamoto. Was that yeah. for a moment there? Or was it going to be? In, maybe, you know, the real Satoshi Nakamoto is somebody out there named Notoshi Sakamoto. No, and, all, and all they like did. Like Natalie or something. Or Bob. Natalia. <laughs> Bob Smith, this guy out there named Bob Smith. He's like, oh, I came up with this brilliant idea. Yeah. Well, this we got to thing- call something else then. You can't be Bob Smith. <laughs> no, no, no. Come on. I'm Bob Smith. You know how many Bob Smiths there are, Bob Smith? Yeah. That's if, if we put your name on the white paper, they're not going to believe that's really your name. They'll say that was just a pseudonym. Bob Smith. Come on. Yeah, how good. about Satoshi Nakamoto? Sounds oh more gosh, badass. Perfect. That is perfect. Sounds like you can do math and you're a ninja. So we got some news from the Facebook world. Apparently, they are rethinking their way that they're going to manage their digital currency. They're expecting, or not expecting, they're actually receiving resistance from regulators. And apparently, Libra is not exactly the same as it was initially set out to be. Right now, what they're looking at is a system within Libra that also includes digital versions of existing currencies like the dollar and the euro. And it was initially just going to be, you know, its own token that would be a stable coin. But now they're looking at how do they integrate uh, really dirty fiat in a digital mm-hmm. form. Well, that's that's uh, maybe even a first better baby step into this thing for them, right? Because you mentioned... Originally, they were going to kind of do this their own thing, and which which very which scared the powers that be because here's this company that has 2.5 billion users. When you consider, you know, WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook, right? That's a lot. I mean, that's like it's that's that's the largest country in the world if that was the case, right? And so, knowing that they have to kind of work within the limitations, this kind of seems like a win-win, uh, at least something to kind of tide it over because. You know, also think of this. Stellar does this. Like if you have the Wells Wells Fargo dollar, you can tokenize that. This is one Wells Fargo dollar. This is one Citibank dollar. This is one whatever dollar. That's how Stellar does it. So in a sense, Facebook could kind of popularize what Stellar's doing in in a way by tokenizing the dollar, making it stable. This is one to one to a dollar. This is one to one to a euro. This is one to one to a Wells Fargo dollar. This is Citibank dollar. That who owns those, right? So who owns those assets? It kind of creates that little ecosystem there. So that sounds like a better idea for them to do, at least at first. Perhaps so. Keeping an eye on Libra, it's supposed to launch in the fall. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that. Uh, now here's something from the crypto world that's kind of morbid, Mr. Travis. Right? Mm-hmm. Of course, the you can't turn on the news, go to a social media site, you know, read the newspaper without hearing about the coronavirus. And of course, you know, there's people that are dying, uh, they're getting ill, but some people are dying from this thing. And somebody in 4chan, some developers created a digital coin called the Corona coin. Get this, 
it allows traders to bet on the global coronavirus outbreak based on how many people will become infected and or die. Mm. Yeah, we developed the world's first blockchain that tracks the spread of the virus based on its token supply. The token supply started at $7.6 billion and has burned every two days to keep up with the official WHO statistics. So they have a, there's, a, there's an official coin, Corona Coin Telegram group you can join. And uh, so as every new person dies, their token gets burnt. Kind of. So I guess it, the token supply starts at the world population, right? Seems 7. like that's point, what it is. Seven point yeah. six billion. The supply diminishes every two days based on the rate of new COVID nineteen cases, and the price goes higher the more people die. It's almost like musical chairs. <laughs> you know, when, it's when the like the ultimate stops, shorting. Game. Grab a seat. <laughs> Congratulations, you're you're still alive. Uh, by the way, wow. I, I do not want to be one of those that is um, adding to the panic of the mainstream media out there. I'm not saying that it's not serious. I really don't know. Uh, I'm not a scientist, and neither are the vast majority of you, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody out there with their opinions on it. But I do know that so far in the United States this year, according to the Center for Disease Control, over 10,000 people have already died from the flu. Mm-hmm. I mean, True. it's just, it's the beginning of March and yeah. over 10,000 people. And we just had like our, first was that just for the second. last two months? Yeah, yeah. Just for this year. Yeah. So the flu does that. I mean, like you think about it and then think of how much like heart disease kills people and cancer kills people. So it's like, worry about being healthy. Don't worry about this magical boogeyman. That's going to get you. Although be smart and wash your hands. I'm always, I'm always telling people to wash their hands because people are disgusting. Like, People will go to the bathroom, not wash their hands, and then come out and want to shake your hand. Like, no, yeah. like fist bump. Dude, I, well, I don't even trust you. <laughs> I, I think I'm over the handshake completely. Why do we even shake hands? You know, I think the Japanese yeah. have it right. They bow, right? Yeah. Just just bow to one another. But a fist bump is fine. So I was just at Social Media Marketing World in San Diego, the annual social media event that takes place in North America. And there was Purell machines everywhere, like all over the place. They even handed out the speakers, a kit that had all this kind of, you know, antibacterial stuff in it. And and I was fist bumping everybody. But you're right about the the bathroom thing. And, you know, guys especially, you get men are pigs, right? Because if you're in an airport bathroom, it is not unusual to see some dude handle his junk and then walk out without washing his hands. It's like no, you're gonna greet, I... your... <laughs> so you totally... greet I... your wife or your girlfriend or your kids with those hands. Ew. Yeah. yeah. Gross. I, saw, I always have a, I always tell a story that I found I walked in and there was this dude leaning up against the bathroom wall. Like he has his hand on the wall, leaning into it. And it was just awkward, so I, I, I glanced over there, and and then he got done, zipped up, and then walked right out of the bathroom. And I oh. literally, I literally walked up to him and I said, "Wow, you are really brave." And he looked at me, he's like, "What?" I said, I'm like, "Dude, you don't even know how many germs are on that bathroom wall. You just rubbed your hand all over it. You didn't wash your hands. Now you're gonna go high five somebody." I go, that's, "That's you're brave." I'm just being smart ass to the dude. This was like a year ago, and I was like, "Dude, wash your hands." Like, like this is disgusting. Like people, like I, I've always kind of been a little paranoid about some of those trips because here you are there's people coughing all around you sometimes i'm like man so it's like be healthy yourself have vitamin c take your vitamins and and uh don't worry about it live and next life. time you see travis in public he'll be in one of those big plastic bubbles yeah, I'm gonna be in a, <laughs> it'll be an extra big bubble it'll have to be a really big one 
Well, here we are in primary season for the presidential election in the United States. And Travis, we often talk about blockchain-based voting. Well, the, the big cybersecurity company Kaspersky has come out with a blockchain-based voting machine. Uh, now, you know, it's it's still very early, but they've got this machine that um, is supposed to be an effective, secure way to vote online. Okay, so, you know, obviously it's a Russian company. Their, their headquarters is in Moscow. So if we are concerned about Russia hacking the election, then, you know, I would think that it would be... Please do count all your votes, Mr. Jolkom. little disconcerting to have the blockchain machine coming from Russia, but uh, this article here... Why did here, McAfee do this? Like, come I on, don't McAfee. Know. Like, literally, this is something John McAfee should have done at McAfee. Uh, or, or, or Semantic needs to do this, right? If Semantic came out with a little... That would be perfect, because the, their logo is that little, a little yellow, the yellow circle with the little checkbox, you know, like checkbox... Semantic needs to create voting machines that's built on a blockchain somehow. That would be trusted in America. You know, Kaspersky, I love this idea. This blockchain voting was one of the very first things that Joel Joel and I talked about, which led us down the blockchain rabbit hole. It wasn't crypt it wasn't Bitcoin and crypto that led us down the rabbit hole. It was blockchain and voter ID and voting technology that led us down the crypto rabbit hole, which I think is different for most people's journey down the rabbit hole. Well, here's how the voting machine works. As a voter, you get a unique QR code or a token, which can be scanned, and that allows you to cast your votes on one of the voting machines. So mm. elections using the system would work like distributed ledger technology. The vote gets encrypted, and the link between the voter who cast it and the vote would be verified, and then voters can confirm that their vote had been recorded on the blockchain. So this eliminates the likelihood of fraud because mm. each voter gets one vote for each election or primary. And the article says it would eliminate the need for many polling places in urban centers where inter internet connections are more reliable, further reducing costs. Mm. Well, you know, a lot of these, a lot of different states are going to these new IDs that have the, that have the star in the upper like right corner. And if you don't got have them, the, you got those Colorado. now? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I have to get one now. They said in Missouri, if I don't get one, I have to use my passport to fly because mm -hmm. Missouri is not going to allow that anymore. But if you have an ID that verifies that you're you, can't I use my verified ID online to prove that I'm me and I'm doing that? And like, here's a picture of me holding my photo, right? Like it's me. Like, the voting in a lot of districts now, people can just walk in and vote. And it's like, what's your name? My name's this. Okay, go vote over there. Like, to me, like, that doesn't, that's not secure. That's not safe with our liberties when we got the Russians trying to steal our elections and we got all the other things going on. I like verification. I want to be You're able to not, look online and go, there's my vote. I see. You're not trying to steal your vote, Mr. Travis. Right? There is nothing to see here. Da, please, da, da. please do pay no attention of men behind Iron Curtain. <laughs> well, you know, there's another company called Votes, V-O-A-T-Z, and they have a blockchain 
based platform. Um, they were going to use it in West Virginia for residents with disabilities and citizens residing abroad to cast their votes in the state's primary election. And citizens decided against it. Instead, they're going to use a platform called uh, Democracy Live that um, is a paper ballot, you know, or printed out and posted mm-hmm. type thing. So, I mean, I, I have to admit, paper ballots are still pretty cool compared to the machines, not the blockchain-based machines, but the standard voting machines that are out there. Oh, dude. You know what they are is that here's the evolution of it is your vote is blockchain because it's an NFT. What about that? And you're like, uh, and here it is. Boom. It's an NFT. You can prove it. You can see it. And then it's paper. They can count it. Hmm. To convert your paper ballot into an NFT and then boom, upload it. Then it's up the blockchain. There's a, there's a, there's a, the thing is that we don't have a receipt of it. Like once we leave there, like they take, like we don't have proof. Like if there was right. a recount, we want to come and recount and go, well, here's my receipt from how I voted. And this is not correct. You know, you don't know. It's blind. I don't know, but we're going to find deal. out. Yeah. And here's the deal. Votes, V-O-A-T-Z. Come on with your Z. Let's go government with the votes with the Z. like the that just to me just it's not even spelled votes. It's V O A T Z. Like we're misspelling vote and we're adding a Z. Well, that's Great what word. we do here in the 21st century is we misspell words because all all the words are taken. That was so, super misspelled though. Yeah, let's find ways to say things that are make us look super trendy. Uh, so this article, Mr. Travis Wright, on CryptoNewsHub.org is all about this apparent battle for the Steam blockchain. Now, since I've been at a conference, I haven't really been following exactly what's been going on with Justin Sun and Tron attempting to take over Steam. So maybe you can put it in perspective for us. So I'm. I would say this is I'm. I'm not a, a full-on expert on this particular topic. I've just been keeping kind of a side eye on it because I've been working on some things. But um, so apparently, Justin Sun was able to buy Steam, and and the, but they weren't able to sort of get they weren't able to get governance on it because of all the different nodes and the stakeholders of this. But somehow, what ended up happening is there was all these tokens on these different exchanges, like. You know, Binance was holding X amount and Huobi and a couple other ones uh, were doing it. And Poloniex, the exchange, they had all these different tokens and they, they ended up having some, they ended up having a soft fork and they were able to overturn the soft fork and maintain control of the Steam network. And it just, there's been a hostile takeover of Steam. And I don't really understand how it all happened yet, but that's what's been going on. And I don't know that we've seen anything like that. Yeah, and I really, you know, if you want to take a look at this article, it's uh, it's fairly lengthy. Uh, it's in the show notes with all the articles from this episode. If you go to badcode.in forward slash 378, you will find the links to this and to the other things that we're discussing here. Um, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a little overwhelming here, but mm-hmm. Vitalik um, did tweet about this. And he's actually documented what he said is that Tron by Steam, Steam delegates move to limit Steam's accounting account voting rights. Justin's son is not impressed. And then 
the Steam DPoS got taken over by big exchanges voting with depositors' funds. Mm-hmm. That's how Vitalik broke it down. Yeah. So that is pretty much it in a nutshell. So, I, you know, so basically he had to work. Justin Sun, they were so Steemit agreed to a strategic partnership with Tron. And then so that was the Steemit's chairman declared on social media. They had sold Steemit to Justin Sun. And so then they went ahead and tried to go ahead and take over Steam. And I would not be I would not be surprised, Mr. Joel Com, if if. This doesn't create some sort of like mass lawsuit or something against against uh, Tron for that. I'm not mm-hmm. not a financial or a lawsuit advisor, but I'm just saying if there's enough pissed off stakeholders that ended up getting their their uh, they end up losing a lot of money because of this hostile takeover crypto takeover. Like to me, that's going to be reasons why they're going to want to do more regulations because look, it's a wild west. Look what's happening. People are losing millions of dollars. Sounds like steam nanigans to me. That's that's what I think. And there's something there's definitely something going on there. Back to our friends at Coin Telegraph. This article, uh, Congress is having hearings on blockchain for small business because there are those that are saying that crypto taxes are a nightmare. The current uh, state of taxing cryptos is a pain in the tuchus. That's how we say it in Yiddish. Mm-hmm. That, that is your posterior. And and that's not untrue. It, it is a mess. So the there's uh, several witnesses that are testifying before government officials, and they're trying to educate them on, you know, Bitcoin and how it works, and then trying to uh, petition the legislators to get behind this new digital currency and like, come on, let's let's make this not so the tax code is already super complicated. And crypto and the way they're handling it just complicates it so much more. Why you got to be so complicated? I'm telling you. So yep. how about we solve the problem? Then we can complain about the problem or we can make life easy. And so uh, one of our sponsors here is Donnelly and they own the CryptoTaxAudit.com, which is an annual subscription service that provides audit defense for taxpayers, especially designed for the needs of crypto owners. So if you receive an IRS letter about how you reported your crypto transactions, you need uh, crypto tax law experts uh, pronto. So you know, your subscription sort of like an insurance policy protecting you from the huge expense of defending yourself. Go check it out, CryptoTaxAudit.com, and uh, they got some great information over there and uh, could be helpful. Absolutely. You know, on the show, we often reference fiat currency as dirty fiat. Right. It's just that they print more and more of it and it's mm-hmm. really not trustworthy. It's inflationary. The value keeps going down. Well, this article on the Telegraph out of the UK warns that dirty banknotes may be spreading the coronavirus, according to the World Health Organization. So it really is dirty fiat. Dude, <laughs> while you were saying that, we were thinking about this. I mean, we're, we, we were watching watching this information. We, we But in the news, we were sort of going over our news. And I was thinking about this. And I was like, you know, why would we not want digital currency now more than ever when you have this sort of potential for pandemics? I think this is going to be one of the things that's going to be like, oh, hey, Congress, Congress person, think about this. 
we're all passing these dollars all around. I I would almost imagine that's how they're going to ban paper money is they're going to scare us with the flu and germs all over the dollars and then usher in their own USD token of some sort, the Fed coin or whatever the or the mm-hmm. or the um, you know the the World Bank token or whatever we're going to have to deal with. I wonder. Well, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, The World Health Organization is saying that customers should wash their hands after touching banknotes because infectious COVID-19 may cling to the surface for a number of days. You know, I I just see these little (laughs) viruses. They're clinging. They're holding on to the dirty fiat. Dude, you know, this reminds me. This this reminds I'm just laughing in my head because this reminds me of like reefer magic. I heard you laugh out loud. You're going to smoke marijuana. You're going to drive off the road or want to kill somebody it's the worst thing ever reefer mess scary you know they're trying to fear like everything it's like wow like it, we're, are we just going to be inundated in every aspect of our life about things to be scared of i suppose so fear definitely drives people to take action it is a great motivator or a bad i mean it's 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 only great in that it works um not great in that it's awesome yeah i think advertisers it, are running out of schemes Yeah, got to come up with something new. Here's the big story for the week, Travis. This Mm -hmm. is and now our big story for the week. Bum 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 bum, and the music builds, and the headline is red. India lifts ban on cryptocurrency trading. This is on TechCrunch. The news is out there, gang. Their Supreme Court overturned the central bank's two-year-old ban on crypto trading in the country in what many said was a historic verdict. So this is a big deal, Mr. Travis, right? Well, I think it is. So think about this. The Reserve Bank of India, they basically said, "Mm, nope, no more Mm. crypto trading, no more of that. We're the central bank of India. We are saying no to you, no doing that. Well, I mean, think about it. There's so much tech talent, so much innovation and technology in India. like. I think yeah. three of the top like tech schools in the world are based in India. And, you know, for them not to have access to do cryptocurrency or blockchain or any of that, that just seems like, man, like we need to get that market going. So I think this is really, really big news, Mr. Jokam. I'm pretty favorable for it, and so are the people in India. Nishal Shetty, the founder and chief executive of the Bitcoin exchange platform Wazir X, said, it's a historic day for crypto in India. We can now innovate. The entire country can participate in the blockchain revolution. Oh, man, to have that kind of clarity in the United States uh, would just be amazing as it is. There's a lot of companies moving offshore. And of course, it is less expensive to find technical labor in India. And now I suspect that mm. we're going to see U.S. companies moving to work with India on development of projects. Oh, man, there are just a few. I got some friends over there that own agencies that, um, I mean, my, my friend Mohit, um, Mohit ma, ma, uh Oh, Mohit Mahadashwari is his name. Great dude. I've known this dude for, um, I think, almost 15 years in the technology space. And it was funny. He came to a, uh, he's, he's, I think he's like probably about five, six or so. And he's got these big old black Harry Carey glasses, right? And I went to a conference. Him and I went to a conference in uh, New York. And uh, this was in 2011. And it was hilarious. I was walking up to people. And I'd be like, and I wouldn't know anybody in the in the, having a conversation. Him and I would walk up there, and I'd be like, "Hello, 
do you like spam? And then I would point at him. <laughs> and he would be all like, I could get you spam if you like. And the, the amount of conversations, the opening that that just opened up, like it was the most hilarious moments that we've like I've ever had at a conference just introducing and chatting with people, opening up with that line. And because there's a small Indian dude beside me who's just freaking brilliant. And uh, it was just one of the most funniest things. He'll message me all the time. Hey, do you need any spam? <laughs> guess you had to be there. That was good. I guess so. yeah, I wasn't there. You know, India is not the only country moving forward with this. Germany has officially recognized Bitcoin as a legal financial instrument. So you, you, I don't know if you could play it like a guitar or anything, but they say you can spend it. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is good stuff. Let me see here. Now, this right this right here, this piece is interesting to me, and I've not done research on the 5G router in your home, but I've a lot of the stuff that I've seen, like you want to kind of keep 5G like not super close to you, but HTC has revealed uh, this privacy-focused 5G router that can run a Bitcoin node. So That is interesting. Yeah, that, that seems really interesting to me. The 5G blockchain router, though, to me, it's like I'm just not fully sold on it because, like, it's, I know that is just a lot. That is a lot of waves of energy near you. Like, to me, I'm sort of like a tinfoil hat wearer. Like, dude, I, I don't like that 5G stuff. I used to like it, and then I did more research on it, and I was like, ooh, man, they're going to start putting those up in different places. I don't know. What do you think? It's the Exodus 5G hub, and the idea is that it connects all your internet-enabled devices, and it uses the Zion Vault software so that users can store Bitcoin, mm. Ethereum, Binance Coin, Litecoin, and Stellar. And essentially, that you know, for people who are afraid of it, it says that Exodus is about ownership, owning your keys, owning your data, owning your privacy, and that you have more control and ownership of your data than ever before with this device. So I, I would like to get my hands on one of them. Look at this. And see. Look at this. Smart home device, five-inch screen. It's got, it's got Brave on it, and it's got ProtonMail built into it. And uh, it says it's a more, more private than Alexa or Google, Vo uh, Google Nest. It's got a VPN. It's got its own VPN built into it. Which is decentralized. Of, it's called yeah. Incognito, which is pretty neato. That is interesting. And Incog all at the same time. So we'll watch for that. Hey, folks over at HTC, if you want to send us a little 5G router to check out, we're happy to notify that. And then we'll notify our listeners. Ha! There you Cause, go. Because puns. We love them. Because words, we do. And we're getting close to the end here, Mr. Travis, right? And people are collectively going, oh, man, finally, about time. Uh, yeah. Well, and the next piece of news is from Bloomberg, who um, is who, no longer in the race. No, is no longer in the race. Now, I, I, there's a lot of comments about he spent like seven hundred million dollars and got zero sales. So I don't know. Is that a sales? And like Scott Brinker of uh, Martech, uh, Martech, uh, cheap Martech, he goes, well, that sounds to me like sales and marketing weren't talking to each other. They didn't get a good return on investment. But there's an article over here on Blue on Bloomberg here that says halting the nearly ten billion dollars in theft is key to crypto growth. And uh, so the cryptocurrency market needs to improve how it secures these digital assets. Uh, it's a two hundred and forty five billion dollar industry for it to keep growing. Uh, it says this, that at least $9.8 billion in digital assets have been stolen by hackers 
since 2017 because of lack security or poorly written code. And that's what uh, the KPMG consultant firm has to say about that, Mr. Jokom. Well, here's what I have to say about that. Adoy. I mean, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> people hear stories about Bitcoin, you know, and other cryptocurrencies being stolen. It makes them feel less secure. But honestly, if we look at the thefts that have taken place, it's user malfunction. It's not blockchain. It's people mm-hmm. going to the wrong site. It's people being yep. spoofed. It's people, um, which is not user malfunction, the SIM card swaps. Yep. You know, it's it's stuff like that, which really has nothing to do with blockchain security at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's that that is a very good point, Mr. Joel Com. I just want to point that out that that was a very good point. Thank you for pointing out that point. Mr. Trump's right. I'd like to point out that I finally got access to the EOS Voice beta mm-hmm. at voice.com. I am verified. I've made my first few posts on there. You actually got the notice first, but um, you did not have good luck with that, did you? Well, they, they sent it to – so I, I set one up for my personal email, which is going to be my account. I requested us to get access to Bad Crypto Podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And then you set up yours for, for Joel Com. Yeah. Well, the Bad Crypto Podcast one came in first. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to set up the Bad Crypto Podcast voice account, right? Well, you can't do that, apparently, because Bad Crypto is apparently not on my driver's license. And so once it's not on my driver's license, they go, oh, well, let's go over to this who you, you know, verification process. And then it goes, oh. Your name's not bad crypto. This driver's license doesn't match up. And so then that gets you into this huge support queue problem that is basically like never ending because then somebody will message you back and then you'll message them and show them what's going on. And then they'll send you back another link to the who you, which basically already has you in their system as unverified. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you got yours. And then, okay, okay, then I got my email for Travis Wright one. So I go to set that one up today. And then I'm like, I take a picture here. My name is Travis Wright. Okay. Well, now my phone number is attached to the other account. And now I can't get in on either one of them. You messed all the things up, Travis. Well, I was thinking about bad crypto. I was like, let's get bad crypto's account first. Yeah. Because we can go on these profiles and it's probably a good idea to have our brand out there first and foremost. If that's cool, that's the one that it came through. I'm like, all right. Well, apparently they don't want brand names on there. So there's, what are they going to do when Nike comes in? Nike doesn't have, you know, foot, you know, passport. Well, there's a lot of questions around this, and we're going to talk about it more. In case you don't know, we started another podcast called the EOS Voice News, which if you go to EOS, E-O-S, voice.news, or go to wherever you listen to this podcast and look up the show, um, we're going to be putting out another episode, and we're going to be recording some video, Travis, when I get back home. We'll record this with a screen share. We'll walk people through voice. It's in beta. There is some things that are really interesting about it and there's one particular element that i find really fascinating and that's how you use the voice tokens in the platform we'll share more about that in the next episode of eos voice news so go and subscribe to that because this could be one of the blockchain social sites that really makes an impact and entry into the social blockchain world could be i don't know i just disgruntled on that speaking of being disgruntled 
So this, <laughs> so 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 one of our favorite cool little game apps that we play on this blockchain stuff is Upland, and Upland we we you know we were we met up with them in New York, and uh, we did the announcement of the airport is opening up in SFO. So basically, the game takes place in San Francisco, and now they're going to be opening up maybe other cities, and so but to get to them, you got to go through the airport. So to go at the airport, you got to have a place where you can go to take off from. So they were selling little plots of the airport, and uh, one person won one. The little terminal, terminal, terminal three. There was nine plots in terminal three. Mm. Yeah, and so tell us about what happened there, Mister Jolcom. Well, you did not get one, and that's why you're disgruntled because that's you weren't cool. you weren't fast enough. I, however. Did get one, Mr. Travis Wright. Yeah. I, I did not go for you strategized so, it. Yeah. I did strategize it. I moved my block explorer, which is a representation of my head for those who play Upland. Um, your block explorer is usually, you know, like an icon, a car, an elephant, a camera. You get to choose from them. Mine is custom Joel's face and Travis's custom Travis. And um, I moved my block explorer there, and the moment they flipped the switch and the parcels became available, I didn't go for the smallest one. I didn't go for the biggest one. I went for an in-between one. I figured that's going to be less popular, and I tapped it, showed available. I hit buy. Boom. Got it right away, and the rest of them went like, bing, bing, bing. They were gone. They were gone. Um, and so. They will be opening up new term, the other terminals here and offering these other parcels. And this week, Travis, maybe even by the time this episode goes live, but this week they're supposed to be releasing their Mojito update, which is going to bring treasure hunts to Upland so that you can move around the world and I guess find Upics or, or I don't know if they're going to be badges or what. I'll have to wait and see what it looks like but if you guys haven't tried it yet upland.me is the website and they did set up a special link if you go to badco.in forward slash upland on your mobile device in a web browser not in an app up uh, badco.in forward slash upland you'll actually get six thousand upics instead of the regular 3000 so that you can get started. They are a sponsor of the show, but they're a sponsor of the show because we saw this game and thought, you know, these guys are doing something really unique in the blockchain gaming space. Yeah, maybe upland to you, Mr. Joe Com, but it's downland to me. Well, it's not even no airplane. I didn't get no airplane rides. I'm you, down, man. You got your fee fees hurt. Oh, and uh, Mr. Travis Wright, I've been playing with some of the virtual property games. You know, we've talked in the past about mm-hmm. Decentraland. Uh, we also covered, I think in last week's bad news about sandbox.game, yep. which allows people to purchase a virtual property um, on blockchain. Well, I also discovered one called Crypto voxels and i found i bought a parcel in the crypto voxels land and i found an artist that was willing to design a republic of bad cryptopia embassy in the crypto voxels mm. universe it's mm. done mm. Um, <laughs> you haven't seen the finished version yet unless you've gone back i showed you what we had so far but i'm going to make a video and i think next week on one of our episodes i'll formally announce where you can find us in crypto voxels and hang out at our virtual uh, bad cryptopia and i want i want to have one of those in each of these games 
That's funny. You know, it would be great. It's like, you know, is whenever you're screw, you know, you're cruising down the street on here, it's like you don't get a there's no version of you that we get to see, which is sad. It'd be cool if we could have like our little voxels from uh from Upland, the little guys and have their heads. <laughs> well, they're actually um if you hit the right key, I think it's V in crypto voxels, it goes to third person and you can see a character walking uh-huh. around as well okay. uh again uh, you know since i've been on the road i've not been able to play with it in depth and but i'll make this video while give huge shout out and props to the artist who created this and you guys it's free to go check it out so if you want to just go to cryptovoxels.com and log in with wow. your mask you can go check it out maybe you know i heard that uh, uh ken bosak mentioned on twitter that he was getting ready to interview them for his podcast so i said hey toss me an intro i want to talk to these guys Dude, this is really interesting because it sort of looks like it looks kind of like Minecraft. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around and I hear it's kind of like a weird sound to it too. It's almost like a sort of those binaural beats. that's kind of going. It's like a little weird sound. I wonder if there's like other people. I've not seen any other people walking around in here. Have you encountered anybody I, before? I have seen other people, but I'm not sure how to initiate dialogue. I know there's a chat window on there. So more on that coming your way. We're playing with all the new technologies, kids. So you're not going to want to miss an episode of the show. Oh, and speaking of not missing an episode, Travis, mm-hmm. next episode is going to feature the one, the only, the creator, the co-founder of Ethereum, Mr. Mm. Vitalik Buterin. Yes. Wow. That seems like a really interesting, that seems like a really interesting interview to maybe do an NFT on perhaps. Uh, You know what, if we're going to do an NFT on anybody, (laughs) which, uh, you know, they're ERC 20, they're Ethereum base. I would definitely think that Vitalik's going to get one. So many of you are collecting the NFTs that we're issuing and, and yeah, it's a fun thing. And Hey, if it's not your jam and you don't understand it yet, go ahead and get them anyway, because there's going to be a time in the future where you're going to be like, Oh, now I get it. I miss those. Oh, I'm so upset. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get <laughs> oh, under my, it's my, okay, Joel, you be okay. I'm going to get in my blanket fort and cry because I missed oh. them. So don't miss them. Claim these NFTs. They are collectible. They are not going to be available again. You'll hear about one in the next episode featuring Vitalik Buterin. So set your podcast player to wake me up when it gets released. That'll happen on, what, uh, Sunday night? Thank you, people, for listening. Now do stuff. (laughs) What kind of stuff? I don't know. What do they want them to do? Well, they can subscribe. Mm -hmm. They can share. They can review. They can do good stuff. If you're at this point in the game and you've never given us a rating or a review of Bad Crypto, like, are you really a member of Bad Cryptopia if you haven't left us a review? Because we're getting close to a thousand reviews on iTunes, and that's a huge momentous thing. Considering that, I wonder when we're going to hit it first, 500 total episodes, which we got like 460 something or 1000 reviews. What do you think? I don't know. How many reviews are we? How many reviews are we? can wager some Bitcoin on it, but we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. Please do share, subscribe, review, and of course, stay back. Who's bad? 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.